Joint wow. Here we are. Is anybody out there coming in? <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Uh, Doug, will you be in the uh, dance contest? We'll give you full instructions. Yeah, that Doug. Jerry said he would, so come on up, Jerry. Uh, and, yeah, because remember that guy in that video where his gun popped out of his... Yeah, he was doing... He was, yeah, that's good. All right, who else will be in the dance contest? We need... Uh, Andrea? Your husband's going to do the angry dance. Are you going to do it? Okay, if she's doing it, Doug, come on up. All right. I'm going to give you full instructions. You're going to see. Tell them what this is called, Colin. Look at this. We need a little sound on that. Okay, this is the dueling dance-off. All right, this is good. Yeah, we have four people. Yeah, we do. Well, this, you don't have to be nervous. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> That's true. So we're all going together. So your husband is going to. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Like, it is. Yeah, this is good. All right. So here's. Um, so you, let's see. Oh, no, Lexi's back there. There's four people. And you guys. Back there, you get to you get to vote as well, but you can only vote for one person, okay? So, Alan, yeah, you can vote. You want in the middle? But you can, you, you just stand right here. We've got popsicles. No, we've got the three. No, he's the he's gonna. Um, yeah, he's judging. Well, he's assisting me anyway. Okay, okay. Now look up here, and what, what we're gonna do is show you how to do it. Okay, watch the first one. The running man shuffle, okay? This is what you do, the running man shuffle. You can practice, you can practice. Yeah, see? The running man shuffle. Oh. Yeah, do the, you can do the, it's the running person. Okay, your music is gonna come up. Now, crank that, crank that music up. Okay, oh, we're getting some more people. There's Gabby. All right, Chip, yeah. It, isn't this, we're just getting warmed up here. Yeah, they're doing a dance. It's, a, it's real informal tonight because I can talk to everybody individually. All right, so they just saw how to do the running man, and now, now you're going to vote. Everybody can only vote for one person each time, okay? Uh, here we go. You're not going to get to see it. Do, no, just do it. Everybody vote for one. Vote for Jerry. All right, vote for Andrea. Vote for Doug. Oh, it's a tie. Okay, we've got another one. We gotta break the tie, okay? Watch, here's your here's your instructions. The backpack kid floss.
Got it? All right. Here. Yeah. You can stand up and do it too if you want. Okay, here comes your music. Here comes your music. Go. <laughs> oh, there. We'll see if this is on. All right, Here. voting for number one. Yeah. Voting for number two. You did good, Andrea. Voting for number three. You did good, Doug. I uh, think it was Jerry. Jerry? Jerry. All right, Jerry, Jerry wins. Again. Okay, we've got one more. We've got one more. It's a freestyle. Look, you can do whatever you choose. All right, that's it. Now, here comes your music. You do the Jerry, the Doug, and the Andrea. Go. Oh, yeah, Andrea. <laughs> All right. Hold on, let's vote. Hold on, we got a vote. Got <laughs> I didn't realize square dancing was one of the options. All right. Jerry? For Jerry. All right. For Andrea. For Andrea. Woo! For Doug. Way to go, Doug. All right. Wow. I don't know who I the think winner all, is. I think they're all winners. I think they're all winners. Give them a hand. That's pretty good. All right. Can you get off your hand? Yes. Now we can go down. Oh, is that yours? Oh, okay. There's, there are 90 <laughs> seconds right. we will never get back in our life. <laughs> well, you, you too. Good evening. Welcome to Salem Fields on a Saturday night. Um, first of all, uh, just a couple announcements as we get started. Um, check in on Facebook. So if you have your phones with you, get your phones out, go to Facebook, check into Salem Fields. You can probably say that you just saw something that you will not see at any other church in Fredericksburg tonight, tomorrow, or ever. So check in and tell folks to show up tomorrow. They will be stunned beyond belief. Uh, secondly, Ties and Connection. Uh, we'll be doing the um, offering later in the service. Uh, one of the things that we do here at Salem Fields is give you lots of different ways that you can give. So the ushers will be passing buckets later if you want to put into that. Also, we have machines where you can use your credit or debit card as well. And so I encourage you to uh, give generously. If you're a guest with us, don't feel like that you have to give. Uh, and then just do whatever the Lord leads. And uh, we will be doing the offering later in the service. And... Um, and, and and Jody has and, it. Okay. And so they didn't introduce you. That's what we're supposed to do right now. She was supposed to introduce you. So this is Alan Payne. Give him a hand. Yeah. Alan's been coming here since Jesus and God created the earth. And it's been a long time. This is a wonderful picture. Alan, tell us what you do for a living. I should ask Andrew. Can it's much you? more it's it's yes. much more interesting. Uh, I work in a home office of a government contractor. We're in a obviously in a in an area where a lot of us work for the federal government or for companies supporting the federal government. And so I answer a lot of emails and do a lot of spreadsheets. It's really Sounds exciting. Very stuff. important. 
No. Very important. Very exciting. And how many, tell us about your family, your kids. Your sure, we have um, four kids. Uh, I've, this is the last year that I can actually say that we have four, four kids in their 20s. Uh, and then something changes and one of them turns 30. But our oldest and also our daughter-in-law, who's married to our second son, uh, are both in the Navy. And then Elena and Andrew both live locally here. And we've raised them all as a part of Salem Fields. I, I mostly raised Andrew, let's just be honest. He's the same age as my son. And um, 30, are you serious? Aaron's going to be 30 next year. Yeah, yeah, I must have been five when you got, when I started here his age. Cause Pretty close. We're having our same birthday. So Alan <laughs> is on the board and has been on the board for how many years now? Probably 25 or so. We've oh. started coming to Salem Fields wow. in 1988. So in other words, y'all need to step up and get on the board because this guy needs a break. <laughs> Let's give Alan a hand. Thanks for, we'll see Thank Alan you. in a few more minutes. And we just have a couple more announcements to let you know about. We have, um, whoa, my name's up there. Okay, I'm not used to seeing that. So coming up on at the very last weekend of the month on the last Sunday, I believe it's the 29th of July. Um, oh, the 30, the, wait, that says, okay, I'm trying to, okay. Y'all forgive me. I don't usually do this, and now we know why. I asked this week, why don't you ever get me to do announcements, and now we know the answer. So the Back to Basics class is a class. They're starting their third week this week, but it's a class that you can go to at any time that you want to. The, each class can stand alone, or you can go to each individual class. And it's just basically answering questions, um, studying more, and going a little deeper about what this Christian faith is all about. Um, Rich said last week they talked about Jesus. This week they're talking about the whole Holy Spirit, and you know, it's going to cover different topics throughout. And if you want more information about that, you can talk to Rich out in the lobby. He can tell you all about that, or you can email about that. And as I was excited to tell you about, we have celebration service coming up in a couple weeks. The last Sunday of the month is where we do baptisms, baby dedications, um, an awesome time of worship. We honor people who um, have had accomplishments over the past several months. And we just love to get everybody together all in one room and worship together and have a great time, get to to know each other, take part in communion. And if you are interested in being baptized or having your child dedicated or any any questions about that, you can send an email to info at Salem Fields, or you can also talk to Rich at the end of the service. I'm sure he can give you more information. But that's at 6 o'clock on July 29th, and we hope to see you there. And I believe now we're going to stand and worship together.
slain for us. And you think about a lion that's just ferocious, this just king of the jungle. You know, and you think about a lamb that's just innocent, approachable little creature. And, and that's really the character of God, if you can kind of wrap your heads around it, is the fact that, you know what, he sends darkness running. He sends Satan running. Every single fear that you could possibly imagine, it, it dims in comparison to God, so you know you have that roaring lion just fighting for you, but then you also have the lamb that's approachable. The fact is that we serve a father that is just so near to us, that just brings peace to our hearts that we can just rest in and just know that he's near and he's there for each and every single one of us. And so, I mean, let's just thank him for that this morning. Let's just thank God for the peace that he gives us and the fact that, man, he, he's protecting us. He's guiding us. He's leading us. And everything that he has for each and every single one of us is good. And it's perfect. So let's just thank him for that this morning as we continue to worship. Silence me. 
thank you today for your presence here because we realize father in your presence lord there is light there's hope and god we thank you that you make the darkness tremble lord we know lord that the bible tells us that god at the mention of your name that men and women and children and students are drawn to you lord and so we lift up the name of jesus today lord and we pray that each of us will be drawn to you today lord and if there be those today that have never experienced you in a personal way, Lord, in relationship. I pray that this day, O oh God, would be the day. Lord, we know that the Bible teaches that, that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. And so this morning, God, we confess that you are Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we pray that you would just surround us with your love today. I pray, Lord, for the discouraged today, that you would encourage them, Lord. I pray for those, God, that are celebrating today, that, God, that you would just be ever-present in our lives today. And those that are worshiping online, our students, our children throughout this building, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this gathering today. We thank you for the message that, uh, Lord, that's about to be uh, shared. We pray your blessing and anointing on Gay. And, God, we just uh, pray that you would open our hearts to receive all that you have for us this day. So, God, we thank you today. Thanks for your love. Thanks for this beautiful day, and God, thank you for the opportunity to be together today in this place, Lord, to hear your word and to worship and celebrate you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, you can be seated. Well, we've already had some fun, haven't we? Uh, today, our message is on anger, and uh, it's, a, it's a pretty important emotion that we have that God gave to us, and uh, I... It's, it's a standalone message. Uh, what that means to us is that we're not in a series, and Buddy generally uh, prays and determines our series, and then he gives us messages, and we present those messages. But when there's a standalone, we just come up with our own. And so it's like, okay, I have to pray, and I have to listen, and I have to uh, be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Lord, what would you have me to speak on in this message today? And I was riding to work the other day, and uh, on Family Talk, I listened to that on XM. It's a good, uh, good listen. And uh, they were talking about anger. And, you know, based on um, a couple of weeks ago when I did a message on suicide, this is a subject that is very, very relevant to all of us today because uh, we all have the emotion. We all express it one way or another. And when it's expressed to the extreme of stuffing it, it can lead to depression and ultimately lead to suicide. That's the extreme. Or it can lead to the other extreme where uh, we see shooters going into schools or going into uh, newspapers and, and, and harming other people. So it's harming oneself or harming other people. But all of us are on that spectrum of how we express our anger. And so the Lord laid this on my heart as it's not only something that is in his word, it's something that uh, I've had to deal with in my own life, not only professionally with many people, but also personally uh, in, in my own life in terms of knowing what to do with this 
this emotion of anger. And uh, so it, uh, this scripture is just a simple scripture, but it's very relevant today, and we're gonna break it down. And let's read this together. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now that packs a powerful punch, and we're gonna break that down, and we're gonna just see what that scripture and what God intends for us today. But as I was praying and thinking on that, I couldn't help but think of this song. the door and 
able to just kind of think of a song and then be able to hand it off and have someone do it like that. Isn't that pretty awesome? You don't usually hear that in church, do you? But it's, it's that quote in there. And uh, let me see my peeps out here. I got to see them out here. I don't want you going black on me. See, I've got to have eye contact with you because this subject of anger, I thought, well, let's just have some fun. And that's where Alan comes in. I said, I'm going to stretch you out of your box, Alan. And uh, he was willing to do it. And so I recruited some other people and I said, all I want you to do is just, we're going to have an interpretive dance here today. Interpretive dance. And what I want you to do is to interpret anger, an anger dance. Okay? Now, you can do that right there in your seat, but I found three people, two other people along with anger. Aren't you, I mean, this guy is willing to do it. think that was great how about that band that was pretty good too I think uh Rich he does worship music but he might be I don't know he might need to be in a heavy metal band and Colin <laughs> well uh we normally like we're doing standalone messages which means we're not in a series and uh, Buddy is the one that uh prays and decides what our series would be and what uh sometimes he'll say um let's speak on this or whatever. 
but uh, he said you can speak on whatever you want to, and uh, so we're kind of, uh, it's a standalone message. So when that happens for me, uh, I kind of like somebody to tell me, okay, this is what the message is going to be, and then I can do anything on that. But what I do is I just, I, I say, okay, Lord, I need you to speak to me. What, what would you have me to speak on? And I just begin to listen and kind of just tune into the Holy Spirit. So I was on the way to work uh, the other day, turned my radio on, listened to family talk. I listened to it quite a bit, it's focused on the family. And they were speaking about anger. And uh, I really tuned into what they were talking about. And I thought, you know what? On the heels of the suicide message that I did a couple of weeks ago, anger is really, really relevant because everybody kind of does anger in some way. And most of us were not taught, sat down uh, and, and, and taught, this is how you do anger. But anger is probably one of the most misunderstood, misused emotions in the bank of all of our emotions. Now, if you watch the news or if you look at social media, it just seems like our world is angry, isn't it? It just seems like that song is kind of the theme song to our world today. People just seem angry and just, and just let it rip. And uh, anger, truly, and, and I know I've done this in the past, anger can be a weapon. It can be a weapon, and, and especially if it is unresolved, if it is unexamined, if it is misdirected, it harms people. And to the extreme, there are people that are unresolved and, and misdirecting it and misusing it that take their own lives. And on the other extreme, there are people that are misusing it, misrepresenting it, uh, misunderstanding it, and they're shooting people up. But all of us are on the spectrum somewhere. God gave us the emotion of anger. Did you know that? Anger, you know, gets a really bad rap. It, it really is kind of portrayed in the light of negativity. And mainly because we don't know how to do it. We really don't understand that anger was given to us by God for a godly purpose. And as I study the scripture and as I study what I know is healthy, uh, a healthy mind, um, I, I want to give you two reasons. See, healthy is it, the, the godly purpose is to create change. Now, it does that, but a lot of times it's destructive change. And that's why anger gets this negative, bad connotation and we begin to think, even in the church, that somehow, ooh, we need to feel guilty if we've gotten angry about something. No, anger is not a sin, and we'll look at that. But here are two of the reasons why God gave us the emotion of anger. First of all, to change and transform our spirit. It's an agent of change. Now, our spirit, remember when I talked a couple of weeks ago, our spirit is at the very core of who we are. It's our heart and it's our mind. That's our spirit. That's where Jesus came to set up his kingdom, in our heart and in our mind. And so the, the emotion of anger, a godly purpose of that, is for us to allow it, uh, to use that so that our heart and our mind can be changed. That's the godly purpose. The second 
godly purpose for anger is to respond to injustice the way Jesus did. You know Jesus got angry, right? So it can't be a sin. Jesus got angry. And so we have that emotion so that we can respond to injustice the way he did. The problem is we never really learned how to do that very well. But you see, everybody wants great relationships. I know this. It's a longing that God placed within us, and there are five levels of good communication. A relationship will not work well if there isn't good, good communication. And there are five levels, but you know what the first two are? The first one in a relationship to have good communication is to be honest. In a relationship, if we're not honest with one another, if there are things that we're keeping from the other person, the relationship's going to go right. You know what the second level is? Be angry. Now, do you know what that means? Why it's important in relationships to be angry? Because that's where growth will come from. And, and what that means is learn how to do your anger that will allow you to be transformed in your heart and your spirit and for you to address problems in your life the way Jesus did. Are you following me? Because this is not the way that we learned about anger. We tend to see anger in a negative light, and we've got to take it out of that negative light and see the godly purpose and why he gave it to us so that we can use it the way that God designed it to be. So tell me some things. Just shout out to me. What makes you mad? What just ticks you off? Drivers? People, the way, way people drive? Yeah. Yeah. When you can't get your own way. Of course. We're all that way, right? What? Customers, yes, customers, where you work. I got the, oh, do you, are you still at Marshall's? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, of course, I'm not the customer that gets on you. Okay, what else? What else makes you angry? What makes you mad? Child abuse. I sent out, and as I was working on this, I sent out an email to my staff. And I got to tell you, when I, anything I ask my staff to do, they do. I mean, just like that. It blows my mind. They're just awesome They'll, they'll look goofy, they'll look stupid, they'll, you know, I request something, they'll do it. And uh, so here's what, here's what the staff said, makes them mad. Now, Rich said when we were doing the, he said, I could have given you a whole list because Jody gave me a bunch of them, and we all could, couldn't we? Couldn't we make a list of things? So here, Rich starts us off, he doesn't like double standards, doesn't like hypocrisy. Kelly, doesn't like political correctness. Buddy, he said, people changing plans without telling me, physical abuse, Marie said, assumptions. Jody said, abuse, child neglect, racism, injustice, deceit, Mark eating bugles, stuff right there. At our staff retreat, it's the funniest thing because Mark loves bugles and Jody hates when Mark eats bugles. So it's really funny to watch. Okay, I don't like stereotypes. I don't like being blindsided. I don't like people putting other people down. Alicia doesn't like bullying, abuse, entitlement, ageism, jumping to conclusions, false accusations, child abuse. Trent said he doesn't like injustice. Howard said, I hate child abuse. Um, Michelle said, when I'm accused of something I didn't do, child abuse, neglect. And Mark said, when someone questions my authority. That, you can, that can really ramp your anger up, can it? All of that stuff. And, and you could have a, a list yourself. 
I mean, if all of us really took the time to say, what really ticks me off, what really makes me mad, what really makes me angry, we could get a list, couldn't we? Do you know what all of those things have in common? Try to think. All of those things have in common. It's all about what someone else does, isn't it? It's all about what someone else does. Think about it. When somebody doesn't do what we want them to do, or they don't do it as well as we do, or they do something really wrong, we get mad, don't we? We get angry at that. Well, you know what? It's amazing how clearly we can see what other people do that's wrong, isn't it? Especially in our home, our spouses, our children. Honestly, it's not hard to see what other people do wrong. And Jesus, it's, it's really actually important for us to see those things. Those are all injustice. But it's really what injustice other people are doing that makes us mad. But right there is where we humans get stuck in our anger. Jesus dealt with good people all the time that was stuck right there. Nothing is new from Jesus' day and what he was dealing with. In Luke 18, there were two people that went to the temple to pray. And the first one was the proud Pharisee, and he prayed this prayer. He said, thank God I am not a sinner like everyone else, especially like that tax collector over there, for I never cheat. I don't commit adultery. I don't commit child abuse. I, I don't bully. I don't commit adultery. I go without food twice a week. I fast. I give to God a tenth of everything I earn, and I stopped in my tracks. Because I said, oh, Lord, I don't place stereotypes on other people. I do my best not to blindside other people. I try never to put other people down. I don't do that, Lord. I tithe. I go to church. Hey, I even stand in front of people, and I tell them your word. I don't do what those people do. And then Jesus said, he pointed over to the tax collector. That was the second person that came to the temple to pray. And the tax collector, this nasty person that nobody liked, was beating on his chest, and he said, God, be merciful to me, sinner. And Jesus said that he went home forgiven. Why? Because he, had, he admitted that he needed That's where the problem comes in for us. Because it's a whole lot easier and clearer to see what everybody else is doing. You see, I might need to be changed in my heart. Where might you need to be changed in your heart? And we're a very few people here tonight because this is not a very popular message. And people didn't know what this message was going to be. It's just that coming to church and examining our own hearts and, 
there's a whole lot more out there. We could go to social. You could Google right now, and you could find all kinds of people that aren't doing this, right? But for some reason, we're here tonight. For some reason, God laid this message on my heart. And so I have to ask myself, sure, I don't play stereotypes, but Lord, what might I be doing that's creating some injustice in the world? What about me? What about my heart? When I feel frustrated and things people aren't doing things the way I want them to, when I feel angry, when I feel sad and depressed, remember the godly purpose of anger is to bring change to bring change. And we want our world to change. We want our world to be a better place, don't we? And you'll hear people out there after a shooting happens and they'll say, what are we going to do? How can we get this change? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He said that only a transformed heart will change this world, will make it a better place. So I wanted to look at how we learn to express anger. Boy, I'm in here. Buddy's in here. You'll be in here. This is how we learn, basically. How do you express your anger? Now, this is in your notes, and so I'd like you to circle. It's, it's stuff, spew, or leak, and we're going to look at that. And I want you to pick your, or you could give it to your spouse or the person next to you, and they could circle yours. <laughs> they could tell you probably what you do. But here's the first one. Um, see, whatever we saw at, in, in our homes as children, whatever we saw is what taught us. Whatever we experienced in our homes as a little child influenced us in how we do our anger. And we've influenced our children the very same way. Some of you that have very young children, you still have opportunity because the rest of us have children where it's set. And we're adults now, we have to look at this. The first one is to stuff it. Now, this is the one where you can see very clearly we stuff our anger down in. And remember when I said depression simply is anger turned inward. It's unresolved anger that we turn on ourselves. So we stuff it down in, and the, the emotions that we express to the world are, uh, there's just this sadness that we have, but we can be nice we can be kind to other people, but there's this deep, unresolved place that we just don't seem to be able to get beyond. You might even feel guilty for expressing anger. Or maybe when you tried to express your anger, you got punished for it. That's what happens a lot of times when we're kids. We have bad behavior. We get punished for that. And really, our bad behavior is coming out of some kind of emotion that we really never got to talk about. And what, the, what happens with this is that it begins to turn into a sadness and a depression, which goes into a helplessness and a powerlessness. We don't know what to do with that. Turns into anxiety, turns into depression. And then we do all kinds of things to try to make it go away. That's the one that we stuff it. How many stuffers do we have here? Can you admit to it? Okay. It's going to be probably about half and half. A lot of it depends on a personality type. A lot of it depends on what you've learned. The second one is spew it. And this is the one where anger is just that's what you see. Now, this is the one that I was for years and years and years because I learned to express myself, to be heard, although I wasn't heard because people don't really hear what your heart's saying when you're 
spewing with anger. And it took me years and years to figure this out, but this is what I did. And it wasn't until several years ago that I discovered that that anger was only masking something that I had never gotten to that I had stuffed way down inside of me. Now, that seems pretty, pretty simplistic, doesn't it? But it is simple. This is what we do. This is how we do our anger. So how many spewers do we have? I'm a spewer. Anybody admit to that? Mostly stuffers? Mostly stuffers, is it? Okay, you're in good company, all right? The next one is we just leak. This is very passive-aggressive because when we don't learn to deal with problems directly or we don't learn to deal with our anger and express it appropriately, what will happen is it'll leak out all over the place. And we build up some defense mechanisms like we'll blame other people or we'll say it's because of that or we'll say it's because of this. This is a very simplistic way that probably 99.9% .9 of the population does anger, right? We see it all the time. We stuff it, we spew it, or we won't deal with it directly, and it just leaks out. Uh, like a wife will get something that really belonged to the mother, or um, a child will get something that really belonged to the boss. You following me? Yeah, you're with me, aren't you? And that's what we do. It just leaks out. And this is all we know to do. And then we learn to be powerless. So let's put them all up there. There we are. And uh, all of that stuff is under the iceberg, tip of the iceberg. And it's just buried there. And we've never really identified that. We've never expressed our emotions more than just the tip of those icebergs. Now, anger, sadness, and fear, that leak is just, it's all, there's guilt in there, there's powerlessness, and we get stuck, just like that Pharisee did. We get stuck pointing our finger at other people. And you see, what we have to do is we have to allow God to seep down into those places that need to be revealed to us so that we can do something with that. You see, nothing, nothing will get better without that supernatural power that will dig into the deepest parts of our heart and transform. I'm not talking about medicating it or getting some good skills, which I can teach you if you want those. They're important. They're really important but only the supernatural power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, can seep down and transform a heart. That's why Jesus came to build his kingdom in the hearts of people. It's what will heal our world. It's what will make our world better. And really, as believers, if you call yourself a believer, we're the only hope for this world. They have to see it work. That's heavy duty, isn't it? And so it's for the willing person like Alan. He was, you know, and I told him, he was <clears throat> asking if he'd do the anger dance. It was like, why, why, why? I don't know. <laughs> and you know what? There he came. And what that says to me is that all of us can choose whether we're going to have a willing spirit or whether we're going to keep a closed heart. 
and just keep doing it the way that we've always done it. So let's look at the Bible, what the Bible says, and let's draw from the supernatural power that's available to us because no matter how long you've been a believer in Jesus Christ, there's always something that God wants to transform in our heart. You never arrive. You never get there until you take your last breath and you end up in heaven and you're there. So all of us have places to grow. Let's look at the word. And it says, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Now, do we really live this? Let's look at that. Let's just break it down, that very first one, in your anger. You know what that says, right? Anger is not a sin. Everybody say that. Anger. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Right. Anger is not a sin. <laughs> That means that we need to express our anger. You know, I get a concerned about somebody that says, I don't really get angry. And I say, well, where is that emotion? Because if we're not expressing it appropriately and, and from a godly standpoint, it's somewhere we just haven't learned how to do it properly. When we don't use anger as God designed it, it will use us. It will use us. And it'll seep out, it'll harm our relationships, and it'll harm us. Jesus said this, he said, the things that come from a person's mouth come from their heart. The things that come from a person's mouth are flowing from our heart. A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Now, good fruit, if we're experiencing joy and deep peace, and love, and our relationships are being restored. doesn't mean we're not going to have conflict, but if in the conflict we've learned how to come together and have conversations and grow and learn from one another instead of becoming enemies of each other, that's good fruit. And you cannot conjure up what only the Spirit can do. Only the Spirit can produce good fruit in your heart. You can work and work and work to try to be a good person or a nice person or a great person. You can work hard and you can change a habit, but unless the Spirit is transforming your heart, it'll just be fruit that rots. We cannot conjure up what only the Spirit can do. If we have some bad fruit, which I certainly, and, I'm, and I ask the Lord, God, reveal it. I'm not afraid of that. I want it out of there, and I know it's in there. Bad fruit is this. It's resentment or bitterness or jealousy. That's the stuff that we stuff and we hold in there. Or, or maybe rage and anger and brawling. That's what we rage. That's what we spew. Or maybe uh, slander and malice. But this is bad. That's what we leak. And see, frustration is this sense of dissatisfaction that comes from something that's unresolved, something that's unfulfilled. There's something in there that's leaking out. And we have to be gutsy enough and courageous enough to say, God, show me what that is. And none of us are immune to that because we have not arrived in heaven yet. We all have a heart that still has something in there, but it's easier to want our spouse to change because then we don't have to look at that, right? 
And that's a natural human thing to do is to point our finger at what everyone else is doing wrong instead of saying, God, show me what's not pleasing to you. You see, anger is not a sin. It is a clue to something in your heart that God wants you to see. And so in that moment, when your anger arrives, when you get cut off in in traffic, when you see a child abused, what we need to do is stop. Be angry, but stop. You have not sinned. Stop. And you know what we need to do? Zoom out. Get a broader perspective and cool down. That's why we have the popsicles. Cool down. See, I'm teaching you a new skill with your anger. When you feel your anger, it's okay. You have not sinned. Read it. Zoom out. Cool down. Get a perspective. And remember now, do not sin. You know what sin is? Pointing our finger at everybody else. How many people have sinned? We have all fallen short of the glory of God, the biggest sinner right here. There's a lot of honesty in this room right now. And you know what God can do with that? When we're honest with him and we commit to him that we truly want to have godly anger, he will change the world. He will heal the world. Secondly, do not sin. In that moment, when you've cooled down and you've zoomed out, here's the warning. If you continue to do your anger the way you've always done it, stuff it, spew it, leak it, or you continue to point your finger, the devil will get a foothold in your life. You know, I came in the door tonight and my hands were full. I had my coffee and I thought it was going to spill it all over me. And I just reached down and pulled that door just a little bit, and I got my foot in that door. Once I got my foot in that door, I was in. You're in control of the door. You can decide how much you're going to allow that door to be open. Jesus said, you don't want to do to other people. You don't, you don't want done to you what you're doing to other people. He said, don't judge. Look inside. In that moment, you have zoomed out, you have cooled down, and now you begin to look in your own heart. What is this? What's underneath that line, Lord? Search my heart. Show me what I have unresolved in my heart. Jesus said this, he said, let anyone, you remember when they brought, the Pharisees brought the woman, uh, this is one of Colin's favorite stories, and he uses this illustration, it just means so much to him, and I love him telling it because of how it has helped him so much, and, and the Pharisees brought the woman that was caught in a sin, everybody was pointing their finger at her, look what she did, she's been sleeping with men, and she's married, and Jesus got down, and he wrote in the sand, we don't know exactly what he wrote there, but he said, if any of you here doesn't have any sin, then go ahead and throw a stone. Boy, that stops us in our track, doesn't it? 
We forget this when we get out there in the middle of somebody doing something that we don't like or when our spouse violates us one more time. We forget this. But the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger. You know what that means? It doesn't necessarily mean a 24-hour period, although that's a fighting fair rule which would be really good. What it means is commit to resolve your anger. Learn how to do it in a godly way. Realize, uh, I love this quote, it says, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting other people to get sick. Pretty good, isn't it? We're, we're doing the nasty thing and we want other people to fall. And we're only harming and killing ourselves. You see, here's, here's what I want you to remember too. Anger is always a secondary emotion. It happens after a very subconscious thing has already happened in you. You need to know what that is. If there's uh, feelings of betrayal, hurt, powerlessness, and this is, can I get that other, uh, let's see, the uh, graph, yeah. See, right here, we're stopping ourselves at the top. You got to get down underneath and say, what's that touching on? When this is making me mad, what's going on inside of my heart? Is there some hopelessness? Is there some guilt? Is there fear? Because the enemy will have a heyday with you if you don't identify that. That's where Jesus and his blood comes in. Because only he can heal us. See, we've got, that's called, those underneath there are the primary emotions that you, you know when you uh, take a hammer and hit your thumb and you get really mad? It didn't make you mad. It hurt first, right? It hurt first. And then it made you mad. Anger is always secondary. If you're angry, it's a, it's a warning flag. It's a, it's a, um, a clue to know that it's touching on something deep in your heart. You, we've got to get it. I found mine, and it changed everything. There's something down under there that the devil does not want you to know. Because once you get there, then you'll know that Jesus is the only one that can help you heal that. That's where his blood and a relationship with him comes in when we say, search me, O oh God, and show me what that is. And you and I together, we're going to begin to heal that. You know, in Daniel, I love this scripture. It says, he reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. And the last part of that verse says, don't let the devil get a foothold. Because I can tell you this for sure. From a personal standpoint, from working with people, whether they're district superintendents and pastors and leaders, to people who do all sorts of jobs, it's just common to people. If we have unresolved, unconfessed, misguided anger, if we're stuffing it, spewing it, or leaking it, 
It will weaken our spirit. And the only answer to it is admitting it. And confessing, because when we admit and we confess and we repent, we open the door for the Holy Spirit to flood our soul. So we're opening the door to someone in our anger. We get to choose who it's going to be. The Bible says, therefore, it says in James, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So the next time we're pointing our finger at what somebody else does that's making me really mad, what are you going to do? Zoom out. Get perspective. Cool down. Look inside. Find what that is. I can tell you, if you will do this, and you practice this, and you do this in your relationship with the Lord, you will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you will be amazed at what he does in your life. You know, we can try anger management. People go to those classes all the time. You can try medication. You can try yoga. And those things are good. They're good, but they, don't, they won't last. They won't last. That's not what will bring freedom to your heart and your mind and your soul. Only a transformed heart will have lasting change. You see, anger is a gateway emotion to lasting change. Use it according to its purpose. It has a godly purpose. I know this because this has been my life. It's why I wrote that little book. If you want to get one of those books, because that will deal with how to handle injustice the way that Jesus does. I'm not getting into that. That little book will do that. But in my life, anger, I found about eight years ago, was covering up a deep, deep wound in my heart. It was masking a lot of hurt that I had that I never really had permission to expose. And you know how I found it? I dropped the F-bomb. It makes me want to cry now. Because I knew when that came out of my mouth, there was something in my heart that needed attention. I hate that word. I hate it. And I don't like it when other people say it. But that's pointing my finger at them, isn't it? Get it. And I said, Lord... Where is that coming from? And that's the day he began to transform my heart. I'd been a believer for years and years and years and years, and I discovered with the help of someone else what had been lying down in there for a long, long time. And I had spewed my anger. And I'm, I had to ask him to forgive me for that to forgive me of that but it was the way that I was expressing my hurt and my pain and I wasn't being heard and my heart was not being healed I'm the master of knowing what not dealing with anger properly is all about and I was walking the other day and I saw this robin pop up on a mailbox and I thought, oh, man, that's, that's a beautiful sight. And then he crapped all over the mailbox. 
And I said, you know, that's just like life. You've got to deal with a lot of crap to find the beauty. You like that? I do too. I said, little birdie, you just gave me a great illustration. And that's what I'm talking about here. Don't be afraid to deal with the crap. Because it's in that that Jesus will clean it up and make something really beautiful. I know this because he's done it in me. And for that, I give him all the glory. Because it's in my relationship with him that it's only been made possible. And when we as believers can testify to that, our world will be changed with a godly Father, thank you so much for what you've done in my heart. Thank you so much, Lord, for this crowd tonight that just intently, Lord, I know that they have allowed you and your spirit to speak to hearts. And so, Lord, in these final moments, would you just continue to heal our hearts to lead us even closer to you? Let's stand together, and I love this song. It says, Lord, this is kind of a theme song for me. I love this song because I need him every second. Cry. 
that you have been my defense and I can let all my defense mechanisms down because you're there. Father, I thank you for what you've done in my heart. Lord, I have confessed that to my brothers and sisters here. Lord, your healing has been deep within my heart. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be transformed by the only power that it's possible, and that's you, Jesus. So tonight, before we close, with everybody's head bowed, I just want you to have a sense of victory in your life tonight and just show me with a hand raised I need the Lord to do something I've been reminded tonight of something in my heart that needs to be transformed by him would you just raise your hand thank you thank you thank you all all just everywhere thank you father for the honesty father we commit I, I'm, I'm just praying for the crowd here that we want to learn how to do anger your way. We want to fulfill it in a godly way. Father, help us in those moments when we have a tendency to veer off and get off the path that you would remind us, you would show us, you would reveal to us what that place is deep within our heart that needs to be healed. Father, thank you so much for your sweet, sweet presence, your healing power with us tonight. We submit to your authority, your Holy Spirit, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, you all. You've been very attentive. I love, I sort of love this small, intimate crowd. I think God has really done some pretty powerful stuff tonight. Don't minimize it. Remember what he said to you and live it. It will mean nothing if you don't go apply it to your life. Okay? Tell me, say, I will. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>